my God. Joe Morelli, we are back on Just for Kicks. I am so excited to do a podcast again. I haven't been to, I haven't done one since March. Girls basketball. We were previewing the state tournament and then that exploded and we've been in hiding ever since. But we are back. Joe, isn't it great to be back? It is. Now I, I'm indoors. You're not you obviously the viewers can't see the, the listeners can't see us. You are outdoors. I can see you. I'm outside, like, yeah. I are you enjoying I sit that? outside a lot. I love it. I take all our daily meetings outside. I do, as long as it's not raining, I sit outside and do most of my work. It's, it's so enjoyable. It's the one good part about being stuck working from home, you know? Enjoy it while you can, Scott. But um, yeah, I'll you know, be bundled up here in November doing the same thing. I guarantee it. Listen, I just, I, I honestly, Scott, and, and to our listeners, I don't know, I was never really confident we get to this point. It's, it's because it is so much unknown, even now, with the virus. And seeing what happened with football, and there's so many people on so many sides of this issue. It's the people who are affected the most are the kids, more than anything else. And, and the kids who have gone to school. And it's, it's really hard. I'm just glad we are 48 hours from, from games. I just hope we are able to get through it. I think that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're, like you said, we're still 48 hours from games. So, you know, we've been saying we'll, we'll believe it when we see it and that there'll yes. be actual games. But I am gaining more and more confidence every day that we'll actually see high school sports on Thursday. Uh, and moving forward, how long it lasts, I don't know. Will the schools get shut down? I don't know. But everyone seems like, especially the athletes, seem like they're trying to do the right thing and, and trying to make this happen for their schools. So... Man, it would be great to see a game on Thursday. I mean, whatever that game is, just some kind of real high school athletic competition would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're volleyball, it's mass. I mean, soccer, obviously, they wear the mask on the sidelines. They don't have to wear it in the, in the competition, as we both as we've written about. Um, and as well, I, think, gonna... I think some may. I, I mean, I, may. I saw I was at McMahon practice, and they were practicing the full masks for girls' soccer. Yeah, well. See, I would think a lot won't. Uh, you'll see it on the sideline. You see social distancing. You're going to you're going to be writing about a story about fans and no fans. And, and I think a lot of people are going to have very limited to no fans. It's going to be very, very different. Uh, and maybe there will be some places where we aren't going to be allowed to go to games. So it's it's going to be interesting. And we're going to hear that a lot in this podcast and for weeks. So get used to it. And uh, hopefully we could get some back to some normalcy at some point. But right now, it's really about dealing with COVID, about how we're going to get through it and, and, and trying to stay safe. Yeah, I mean, normally we'd be talking about, you know, who are our contenders for state tournaments, conference tournaments. And when we talk to coaches now, I, I'm sure you're getting the same thing. Everyone, you say, what's your goals for the season? They say to get through the season, to, you know, to play games and get these kids on the field. And then, you know, we can deal with any potential playoffs that come out of these regions and pods that everyone's split into um, when that comes. So I think everyone just wants to get on the field and play at this point, right? Is that what you're getting to from the girls? Yeah, I, absolutely. I just think we, we want I, – I've when people have asked me, and I'm sure they've asked you, are we going to play? What do you think? This is going back to May and June and July, and I should say, actually say more toward the end of July, August, to say. Once we knew they had a plan for fall sports, it was like, well – Let's get to September 24th. And then all the stuff changed. And, and, and fall sports paused for a week when they were dealing with the DPH. And then it was, let's get to October 1st. Well, now we're on September 29th as we right. tape this. And uh, I just, again, would anything surprise me that we don't get to if something happens? No, because we've already 
reported on one soccer team in my area in the New Haven area that's uh, in quarantine, and we've seen a field hockey team. I'm sure there's others that are people quarantining here and there, and it's just it's just the nature of what we're dealing with. But I would rather be dealing what we're dealing with than have nothing because spring was not good. You're a baseball <laughs> man. I covered baseball at one point. Oh, it sucked. I think we could use that word in a podcast. And sure. It wasn't in, in this game. case, it's safe. Yeah. They lost their they lost their season, and football has lost its season. And we see what's been the, the blowback with no football. We've seen the how it's turned into a political game. So, again, I'm just happy we have some sports, and let's just like we've been saying, let's hope we start, stay safe, and then we get to start playing for something, whatever that's going to be. We don't know yet. Yeah, I talked to a few kids already this fall, and, and they keep saying, you know, we don't want to have happen what happened in the spring and what happened in the winter yeah. where kids lost championships. That, and they said, we are going to do everything we can. Wear masks, wear gloves, sanitize everything. Like, we just want to get on the field and play because we saw how much that hurt the kids in the spring, especially the seniors in the spring that didn't get to finish their high school careers. And right. I, I mean, it, it's, you know, anyone that's played high school sports or been around high school sports, you know what it means to these kids. You know, it, it can be the world to them. Um, obviously, there are bigger things in life. You know, we all know that as adults. But when you're a, a kid, 16, 17 years old, your varsity sports season is it means so much to you and to lose it is, is, is devastating. So I really hope these fall kids get to play their full complement of games. Um, will it happen? I don't know, but I really, really, really hope that, you know, we're sitting here in November talking about some kind of potential playoff situation happening with, you know, pod C playing pod D or they're not called pods. They're called regions, but we call them pods, but um, yeah, someone playing someone for some kind of championship or, some kind of meaningful experience at the end, but let's just get a game in Thursday. Let's get that game in Thursday first. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I mean, Guilford and Ham play Friday. I mean, they they played four times last year. They're going to end up playing three times this year. The boys, I should say, the girls will too. Girls have three first year coaches, and there are storylines, like you said. But um, they, but the fact that they open with each other is is interesting, like, like every year. And, and will it be the same? Will it feel different without fans? I'm sure it will. And uh, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to expect other than a lot of quiet from the States. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> It'll be very quiet. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I just don't, not sure. I think, I mean, virtual, I mean, we just, like I said, we just want to see action and let there be some kind of normalcy. We're repeating ourselves, but that's just the way we feel. And, right. Uh, and, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. The, they are going to look different on the field, but they, like you said, they're also going to look different in the crowd. There won't be crowds. So especially at, you know, big rivalry games for soccer where you might draw a big crowd. Uh, you're just not going to get that this year. Um, and you're going to get teams that are playing the same teams over and over again because you, you can only compete within your pod. So you'll play each team, whatever it is, two or three right. times in the, I think, what, it's 10 game schedule, right? I mean, I think it's that... 12. I think it's 12. And I think that like certain teams are playing three times. You heard, uh, yeah, 12. You're right. 12. 12 and 3 2 2 and Maybe you play somebody in a different pod once or something, but they're trying to get 12 games in for soccer uh, all in the month of October in, into the November. And the tournament experience on the CAC website is November 7th to the 21st, six years right Thanksgiving. So what the experience is, I don't even know if the CIAC knows. I don't think the committee's really talked about it yet. If they have, I just think they're not. I think they just want to get started. Like you said, get started, 
worry about that when it comes and hopefully we don't have too many pauses because again if you have a one COVID case you got a quarantine you're done for two weeks how are you going to make that game up it's kind of like the baseball the marlins marlins had to make up how many double headers and how many games when they're they're off for what two and a half weeks and then the cardinals so i, I don't want to see that case but you're going to see it and you're absolutely going to see it. we already are i said Bramford yeah, Bramford yeah. is the team that uh has already missed its first two games they're going to have to already rescheduled and uh they're in quarantine because of one covid case in, in Bradford high school and it's until uh october they go back to practice next tuesday the 6th so right they're already so, behind so, so they're already behind they're, they're already behind and and there's going to be more you know i know a lot of teams are telling their kids look don't go to parties don't be out socializing without masks on like and some of these kids are going to take it seriously and some aren't and that's the nature of high school kids and you know, telling a high school kid not to socialize with his friends is, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you ask them to do that, but I know a lot of these schools are asking their kids to do that. Some kids are going to take that very seriously because they just want to play. They just want One thing I, I wanted to mention before we go, I'm sorry, before we go to break. No, go ahead. Have Sheldon Drills, Coach Marvin Miller, we do have a guest. He's been a long time, so I'm sure he's going to have an interesting take on what the situation is like. But I, we, I don't know about you, but I've watched, I, I watched the governor's press conference, Governor Lamont, just watched the numbers. And how you know you hear about cases and kids move going up, but the overall percentage is relatively low in the state. And again, kids are going to get it, like you said, and they're going to pass it on possibly. You know, the hope is they won't. But but again, I think the numbers have been pretty well. I honestly, Scott, I again, I have a five-year-old. You have kids. I wasn't sure if we were getting through September, uh, having kids in school. My kids in school four days a week. I'm serious. I. I I'm, I, I consider it a benchmark that we that we'll get to October first more than likely with him in school, four days a week in kindergarten, and I'm sure you feel that way. You in full? You in, you guys in full? Uh, right? My third my third grader's back full time, and my fifth grader's going to go back full time, hopefully starting uh, next week. So um, yeah, that, that's the number one goal for everybody, and we, and we understand that we want sports, but we want kids in school first above all else um but if they're in school i think they can play sports and cic the cic executive director glenn lemarini has been said from the start we had to be in school to have sports and if we were everybody was in distance learning we wouldn't be talking we wouldn't be having a podcast because we have no season so right. i think that's already a win that people are in school in some some respect for the most part i know new haven is in distance learning until november but for the most part everybody's in in some hybrid case so that's been a win in that regard. So, um, but anyway, we should take and, and we'll have to see if, if schools are going to go, you know, if they're going to make the kids do e-learning, are they going to let them play sports? Maybe not. Um, so that would be another question when, when, when and if that comes up. You know, we've seen Ludlow and Weston both send kids home, you know, for the end of last week because there was cases. You know, in other schools like New Canaan, they just, they, they contact Trace and then quarantine everybody and they haven't closed. So. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a mess at times, um, but let's just do it. Everyone's pulling in the same direction here. I feel like no, no one, no one's trying to sabotage this thing. And and if everyone's pulling in the same direction, hopefully we can at least get get but some we, action. We, at least we have we have one Just for Kicks podcast. We're all in Zoom, including <laughs> our producer Pete Baguaga. He's in Hamden. You're in New Canaan. Yeah. I'm in Brantford. Nice to live in those towns. But uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to bring back Shelton Girls Soccer Coach Marvin Miller uh, to be our first guest in Just for Kicks. So we'll, we'll be right back. Awesome. Welcome back to our 
first Just for Kicks podcast for the 2020 season. Our first guest this season, three-time SEC champion, the 2010 Class L State champions. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, Shelton girls soccer coach Marvin Miller. Marvin, welcome to the program. How are you doing in these uncertain times? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um, we, uh, it's like anything else, you know, we have to just uh, understand what we're dealing with. And um, you know, one of the big values we have in our program is being adaptable. So we have to adapt. And that's what we've been trying to do, obviously. I'm sure everybody else is doing the same thing. Marvin, was there ever any point, May, June, even during the cohorts, when you guys were practicing in groups of 10, that you thought, I'm not so sure we're going to get to this point? Or were you confident the whole time? Well, you know, in the middle of the summer, I have to admit, I, I had some concerns. Um, just the way things were going. And, I mean, even though our numbers look good and improving here in the state, I just – you know, a lot of things you were hearing across the rumor mills and, um, you know, across the soccer blogs and with our own, in our own board of education, you know, we were trying to, uh, trying to understand what we were, were dealing with. But I'll be quite honest with you, the closer we got to it, uh, the more confidence I felt that we were going to be able to, to get something on, get on the field and be able to sustain it. Because I knew our athletes would do what they needed to do to, to, to make it work for us. So, um, so I get it. The closer we got in, the more confident we got, you know, you know, at least that was my, my personal view. And, and Marvin, once you started the, you know, you get into the practice and everything and you, normally you're setting goals of SEC states. What are the goals for you guys heading into this season? Well, I guess you, we have to look at it kind of on two le levels. You know, there was that first level of goals. Obviously, we need to get onto the field. We need to come onto the field as fit as we can be based on the challenges we had to run our normal routines. They could run over the summer that uh, the kids do, the, the, the things they get themselves engaged in to, to get in shape and, uh, and to get their conditioning up. Um, I think it helped us a little bit that the um, club season – played deep into the summer, making up its spring season, which allowed a lot of the girls who play club soccer to, uh, to at least be kicking the ball around. Um, so that, that helped some level of normalization. Uh, but the preparation was, was the big challenge because we just couldn't run our normal routines. And uh, uh, so we, the objective was to come fit. Um, and, and that was our primary goal was to come fit and, as best we could. And then, but since then, you know, we've we've kind of fallen into the norm we we normally do, which is, you know, we don't put a lot of focus or talk about banners and titles here. We always focus on what we call our performance indicators, how we like to play our game. And that's easy to fall into because that's our norm. And so if we don't get caught up in that other stuff. I mean, it's kind of lucky, I guess, in that respect that the athletes handle that pretty well. Uh, Shelton's Marvin Miller joining us on the podcast. Shelton, girls coach, long time. How many years is it for you now, Marvin? Well, this is my 15th season at Shelton, uh, but I did another dozen at Derby before I uh, came over here. I so. do actually remember that, those days, and those uh, all, all in the valley, all those years. Marvin, uh, one thing about this whole pandemic, you know, kids, whatever sport they did, they're, they're very resilient. And I got to imagine that your kids have been resilient dealing with all this as well. Is that true? Yes, they have. You know, when I talk to a lot, too, we do a lot of leadership development with our captains and our seniors in the 
off season. Um, and so we talked to them a lot and, you know, their frustration was always the fear that they weren't going to actually get a chance to play. And uh, I think once they felt confident they were going to get on the field, then, you know, they just kind of fell into the who they normally are. And, uh, um, you know, the, the kids have a, a real ability to adapt and, and, to, and to cope with these things and make it work for themselves. Um, it's, I'm amazed by the girls, how positive they are and, uh, and just happy to be on the field all the time. So and maybe it was because of the sorts of apprehension all summer they weren't going to get it. They weren't going to get it. So that they're so happy to be there now. When you guys were split into cohorts, obviously that makes it tough to play 11 on 11. Um, did that affect your tryout process at all, not being able to see kids until that last week, uh, actually in game situations? Oh, uh, uh, definitely. I mean, in, in fact, you know, it was one of the frustrating things is that the cohorts were set at 10 and we right. had 11 on the soccer field. <laughs> so, you know, right? For the, you know, I was talking to that with the football coach, Mac, you know, in the early parts of this. He said the same thing. He said, what am I supposed to do with 10 players? Um, but we, uh, but you know, it's like anything else. You have to be creative, and uh, so we we refocused our players on uh, looking at their fitness levels, looking at their technical build skills, their movement off the ball. Um, we tried to get much more into that examination the first you know for while we were in these short small cohorts, um, and then you get creative. You know, you get creative. You find ways. Talk to other coaches. You find ways to make it work. Sorry about that. Find ways to make that work. And, uh, and we did. But we were sure glad when the restrictions came off last week. We, we sure were glad about that. Did you keep any extra kids, like on a practice squad, or did you keep more than you might have normally because you weren't able to get a, you know, a clear look at them in a tryout? No. I, I, I Again, we're kind of butting up against some of our, our, our ongoing philosophies here. I have some, some strong views about how you treat senior players and, uh, uh, and and things like that, and we didn't keep any extra players. We we, we kept all of our players this season, but because the numbers worked out for us, but right. that didn't really enter our thought. That didn't enter any of our thoughts. We were going to keep anybody additional uh, simply because of the of these challenges. At least not for me. I can't speak. You know, again, that's just the way we think here at Shelton. Sure. Yeah. Marvin, have you talked to other coaches and? Are they experiencing the same things that you are, or what has been the different opinions in general as far as some other coaches going through this? Yeah, I, I've, I've heard the, a lot of the same things. I've talked to a couple of the FCAC coaches, uh, you know, in passing it, and, and they're saying this, you know, we're saying the same things. Had to be very creative, have to be adaptable. Um, we, um, you know, I, I scrimmaged the, uh, the Naugatuck team last night, and we, uh, yeah, you know, so she and I've talked a little bit, and, uh, and and the same challenges were there. It's it's um, you know one of the good things I think that came out of this in all this is that I think the coaching ranks there's a, a bit more camaraderie now. The uh, you know coaches had to kind of deal with each other over the what we're not doing on the field all spring. We were all educating each other and helping each other out, and learning things, and so I I think that helped us all kind of figure out how to attack some of the challenges you're having. I know I made a couple of phone calls to coaches saying, hey, what are you going to do if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? And, and so um, I just think, again, what impressed me, everybody seemed to be, the coaches all seem to be very resilient too and very adaptable. And, you know, nobody seems to be 
I haven't met a coach yet who's really upset or negative about anything. So I, I think that's good. Shelton girls soccer coach Marvin Miller joining us on our initial podcast. Um, as we, you may get some technical difficulties here and there, but we're getting through it, everybody. Um, not only is Shelton a three-time SEC champion this past decade, but three times in the finals, too. Uh, uh, Marvin has had a lot of success with the Gales. Um, how long did it take you, Marvin, to figure out who was in your region and uh, memorizing who, was, who you were playing? And was it easier because you knew they were all the closest teams to you in proximity? Are you talking about in, in terms of this season? Yeah, did you well, – how long did it take I, you to figure out who was in and, and remember it and not refer back to who was in your pod? Or uh, uh, it, it didn't take too awful long. I mean, we were, we were lucky that, uh, you know, R.A.D. John is very good. This is very good about, uh, you know, keeping his coaches in the loop. And uh, we knew we were going to be playing teams in a very close proximity to us. I, I actually thought for a while we might actually be playing across leagues uh, a bit. Because you know some of the schools right around us aren't aren't in the SEC, so I thought you know there's a possibility I could end up with Seymour or Ansonia or or, or Woodland or, uh, or someone like that on my schedule. It, you know, it didn't happen, but uh, it was an inter- it was an interesting thought because we never hardly ever get a chance to play those schools. Um, but yeah, again, we got uh, I thought we have a pretty good pod. We're in with uh, the Milford schools and with West Haven and uh, Amity and Cheshire, which is great because that's our old rivals and uh and i mean we have plat tech but it'll be kind of a, it's a new experience you never played a tech school before any, any of those guys so uh, they're real close to us but uh, i'm really happy to see uh, uh cheshire on their schedule that's an old rivalry from us back in the Lusitanic days so we haven't seen them that's in a right. couple of seasons so <laughs> yeah uh well what I mean, it's, it's we have a we have, we have go ahead i'm sorry oh go ahead finish up i said we just have a uh yeah, we have a long history with Amity and Cheshire and uh, some great rivalries with those schools and uh, a lot of respect going back with those programs for a lot of years. So anytime they're on our schedule, sometimes I have to remind the new kids about what it's like when you were play Cheshire or when you play uh, never in Amity because we get them every season now, but it seems like that once in a while, it was kind of a reminder this year to see Cheshire on our schedule. And, and my, my seniors kind of lit up about that because I haven't seen Cheshire in a couple of seasons, so. Uh, you know, aside from the pod stuff, on the field, are you anticipating the game being any different for the kids, you know, once it kicks off? No, once it kicks off, yeah, I don't, you know, once we get on the field, we play. I mean, all the the things we have to be concerned about are what's happening over on the bench and what's happening in the pregame and, you know, the, the social distancing and the masks and stuff. And, well, you know, and we're still working on getting our players to understand and get into those routines and make them habitual. So we, you know, we don't have to, to put a ton of focus to, to doing it. But, you know, once the whistle blows, it's the game we always play. So, and, and that's the best thing about it because we can just forget all this other stuff and just play soccer. Marvin, you, you, you mentioned about Premier and how they were able to play over the summer. From what I've talked to in coaches that maybe – the high school season has kind of taken a backseat over the years to club and Premier. But now, with the extension of the dead period for colleges, I'm wondering if – if the high school season means more for kids to get looks now, whereas they may not have gotten them in the past because of what we've been going through with this pandemic. Do you, how do you see it for your kids as far as getting seen? And well, I, I think that's certainly true of the players who are looking to, to get visibility in this season the way it is. You're going to have to 
to, to you know be a little bit creative. Um, the uh, you know the I'm an old schooler on this uh, club high school uh, controversy. And club soccer is great. It's all about individual player development, but nothing replaces the con nothing replaces that team feeling that you get from high school soccer. I mean, it's just there's a magic that comes with the high school game that, and I, maybe it's even it's more special because it's girls with the girls. There's just such a special thing that happens with, with that team and that feeling of, of family that exists with these. And I've never experienced a club team that, that can get to that level. Um, I think it's a tough challenge for kids who want to play college this year, though. I do think that they've got to find a way to get, keep their visibility up because I don't think there's any showcases or, or anything going on for a while. So, yeah, at the club level. Um, but we, well, you know, we've I'm got saying, some Mark, kids in our program. Right. What I'm saying is maybe colleges now can have to look at the games that are coming up this fall they see if to fill out their rosters, whereas maybe they weren't in the past. That's what I'm trying to get at. I, that's certainly possible. I mean, when I first, when I first, first, first half of my coaching career in high school, you know, we were regularly in contact with colleges uh, about athletes um, who were looking to play, or they were they'd come scouted them at a game or something. But the, uh, uh, and I think that's possible this year. I, I mean, especially since a lot of college coaches may have extra time on their hands this season because a lot of them aren't playing ball this fall. So um, there's a good chance we might see some of our games. We've always had a small, steady – not I won't say small. We've always had a steady number of colleges reaching out through us to, to talk to some of our athletes. I don't know whether it's always spurred by club soccer first and then us or vice versa, but we've been always pretty lucky here that there's a steady stream of – of schools, you know, regionally that are always wanting to talk to some of our athletes. So I, I don't anticipate that's going to be any different. You talked about the camaraderie, you know, with the girls uh, on playing on a high school team, which is always strong. Have you seen it increase this year because they're all kind of locked into a, you know, a different situation together too and all pulling in the same direction even more? Yes, I, I think that's true. I definitely think that's true. You can just, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of, you know, people, the daily reminders, kids helping each other out. You know, we, we've done a couple of technical things in our program to help us with the uh, monitoring the health status of players on a daily best basis and things like that. So they can tell us how they're feeling and, 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 uh, and things like that. And they've been really good about uh, helping each other out, um, educating each other. Um, I, I've been really impressed with that part of it from our pro, from our program, and I've heard that same too from a couple of other coaches that they feel much the same way. And obviously, you know, the cohorts were tough without being able to do eleven eleven. Were there positives that came out of that though? Were there more skills being worked on, more conditioning? Were there any positives that came out of that that you didn't anticipate when it started? Well, one of the things we had, we challenged was when we were had to put the cohorts together is how you're going to design it. I mean. You put all your goalkeepers together in a cohort so you can train goalkeepers, and then if something goes bad, then you don't have a goalkeeper for two weeks, you know, or right. you know, because um, contact tracing or something like that. So we had to think about that, and, and we we played with it two or three different ways, and the staff and I, and ultimately we decided the best way to do it was just for us was just do a cross section uh, by class. And so we had uh, a lot more intermingling. I think with some of the freshmen intermingling right with seniors right from the first day, 
that made it take it a, a week or so to get along. And I thought that was really good. Um, and, and I thought that was a particularly good thing for us, uh, that um, the younger players got to work right around the, the, the varsity players right from the beginning. So I, I, actually didn't, well, I actually didn't see the cohort problem as a huge issue. After about a, three or four days, we kind of figured out how we were going to go at it. And it was just a matter of trying to run activities we like to run with a little more distance between them. So the kids should be in shape too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That thirty minutes, yeah, thirty minutes. <laughs> I've got an old school. I got an old school assistant coach, Joe Gill, on my staff, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he'll 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 run him. He'll run him until I tell him he can't. You know, and, and uh, so and, and our girls. To be honest with you, our girls. Uh, always uh, work very hard and, and do some, uh, you know, there's programs around that they try to jump into to provide fitness training and stuff like that. And so we're pretty, we've always been pretty diligent about that, but, um, yeah, but that 30 minutes, every session was tough. That 30 minutes, every session was, you know, every session you have to give them that heart. Rub. So we just said, we're going to do it. We're going to make it a hard 30 minutes, you know? So uh, Marvin, um, assuming we can get to the end of the season, that's everybody's hope. Once we start, on Thursday, or in your case, Friday, um, if it was up to you, what kind of tournament experience would you like to have for these kids to finish out their senior seasons? Well, uh, that's, 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 a, that's a tough question to answer. Ideally, that's why I you know, asked it. I'd like, I, ideally, I'd like my seniors to have, an, have a chance to play for an SEC championship. I mean, that was, yeah, that's, in our program, we covet that 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 quite a bit. We like, you know, whatever reason, that's been something very special in our program to get to that SEC final game. And um, so it's going to be a little disappointing that we can't do that. But the, uh, um, I, I and of course, I understand there's no states this year. I've been told there's, I, I believe there's not going to be any state tournaments. So I just. We're not going to have that, so we have to make what we can. You know, it's like anything else. You know, we have to make some scrambled eggs out of these broken eggs here. And so, the SCCs come up with a, a process that, that it, you know it seems workable to me. They're going to seed teams. We're going to play in our pods and, and uh, our bubbles, whatever you want to call it. And uh, and I think it'll give the kids a, a taste of a postseason. You know, and it helps us in fact. Rather than have no postseason, which is I thought would be really terrible if they didn't have any kind of postseason at all. So, but who knows? I mean, maybe I guess it's too late to think that. But uh, I would always thought that maybe things would change if they kept opening things up across the season. But at some point, they have to lock in so the ads can do their planning. So, and so I'm happy with this format. I mean, it's, it's from where we should have looked at things in June. Yeah, I'm happy with I'm happy with this format. So are we. He yeah. is. <laughs> well, I think, I think we all I think we all are. Yeah, we, all, yeah. we all we all this. Right. He is the coach of the three time SEC champions of the past decades, three other trips to the finals, the two thousand class double L two thousand ten class double L state champions. They open up at Amity. You get to go visit your buddy Owen quickly on Friday. I know you're happy about that, Marvin. Marvin Miller. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Good luck this season, and I hope we get through it. Well, I do too. And listen, thank you for having me. And I'm flattered I was on your first podcast. Um, thank you, yeah. Marvin.
Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. All right. All right, we wanna thank uh, Marvin Miller from Shelton for joining us. Uh, it's so good to talk to a coach and just talk about soccer. I know we had to talk about protocols a little bit, but I hope that as the season goes on that you know we're just talking about soccer you know, moving forward and, and what formations they're playing in and who's attacking and who's scoring goals and who's stopping goals and uh, that we can all just get back to that you know, and um, for everyone. Let, let, let's get to some games and let's have some fun. Yeah, as we talked about in the open and with Coach Miller, it's, we all want normalcy in some respects. And I think once we get to a game, into a second game, then I think it becomes more about the games until there's news again, until something else happens. But uh, we, that's what we all want. That's what we all hope for. And um, starting to rain. It's starting to rain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to rain. But I... <laughs> that's the benefit of being indoors. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Like I they call said, the podcast on a rain delay. Yeah, it's I, 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 like I said, we want normalcy. We just want to be, and most importantly, we want the kids and the coaches to experience something. And that's what we missed in the spring. And that's what we're missing with football. Um, although we found out during our podcast, they announced that there is going to be a spring football season, the CIA season now. So, so maybe this is them as well. Again, I'll try, I'll try to roll my eyes out of my head. Normalcy, get to, get to October 1st. Get the next week, and we just kind of take it day by day, kind of like we've been doing. Day by it. day, that's seven, it. Just for, seven months. Today. We've been doing it for seven months as a, as a nation, as a world. So let's continue to do it through soccer. So. Focus on today, and you'll find a way, right? That's what we keep saying. You know, that's a good rhyme. I'm going to use that. Go ahead, take it. <laughs> uh, listen, for Joe, I'm Scott. This was our first Just for Kicks podcast of 2020. We want to thank Marvin Miller once again. Joe, see you next week, right? We'll see you next week. Awesome. Later.